The Start. On Demand. On Demand. We are indeed under an extreme cold warning for all of southern Manitoba. It is minus 31 outside 680 CJOB. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, full hibernation mode apparently. Yesterday I got home from work. I ate some lasagna, and then I took three naps. So apparently, Greg, I have become Garfield. I was going to say, good morning, Garfield. So <laughs> we're on the same page there. And then uh, the antithesis of Garfield is what you did yesterday, Loren McNabb. Welcome back. You were out in the sunshine in La Riviere. Are we allowed to talk about that on the air? I don't know if there was any sunshine, <laughs> to be honest with you. It was pretty overcast, but it was, it was oh. nice. And honestly, it was funny because we've been wanting to go to take the kids skiing uh, they've only ever tried it once years ago and so that was a christmas present to them last year for some relatives saying we'll pay for a day of skiing right and then of course covid19 hits and you don't have a chance to go and we've been wanting to go forever and man these places are selling out and so yesterday was the only day we could get lift tickets for this entire month and the first i think 10 days of january for holiday mountain because those lift tickets have to be bought in advance now, right? So they can understand how many people are going to be there and make sure they're complying with COVID rules. And so, yeah, we were laughing on the way out. We're like, oh, I like how we picked the coldest day of the year to hit the slopes. <laughs> Nothing like. And then, and then to make it even better, you know, we're all layered up. And I say to the kids now, I don't want anyone complaining. We're going to have a fun day. No one's going to complain about the cold. And about three hours later, I was like, son of a, like, <laughs> I got to go warm up. And then the, my youngest is like, remember how you said we weren't supposed to complain, mom? Because <laughs> you just look like you're the one whining. So it was great. We had a really good time. I don't think I could handle it today. But yesterday, dressed okay and taking a few breaks to, to warm up. It was a lot of fun. Good. Yeah. I mean, it's not, Bob Irving says it has been saying it almost every Monday now when he pops on for a weekly visit where he says, yep, I still went for my walk. As long as you layer up, it's okay. And indeed, if you're, if you're dressed properly and you're moving around and you're having fun, that's great. But uh, as Skylar was saying overnight, you know, frostbite in minutes if you're out there and it's, it's the kind of cold where you walk out and it really, it's almost like getting punched in the face at how cold it is out there, especially it's been so mild all winter. Mm-hmm. and But uh, it, it just, so it's a bit of a shock to the system. Also, though, nice that it's just a short-lived extreme cold snap, Greg. Yeah, because so often when the cold comes, it sits and sits and stays here for a long time. It gets entrenched. Uh, we are going to be lucky by the uh, end of the week, working into the weekend, it appears as though we're going to be back up into the minus single digits, which is great. Uh, just got a text message here from uh, Highway 7 guy, our friend Marcel. He said he plugged both his vehicles in last night, minus 35 up on Highway 7 where he is. And when I woke up this morning, that was my first thought. I should have plugged in the vehicular last night oh because, boy. you know, I, I like to baby it a tiny bit. So... I don't know if she was angry with me this morning or not, but I certainly apologized once I got inside. I'm sorry I didn't plug you in. 
<laughs> now, do you ever feel like these inanimate objects have feelings every once in a while? Yes. Like with the car when it started, it's like, you jerk, you why can't you just... And then just a few minutes ago, I heard the house make this, like, it does it when it's cold, like that crack. Mm-hmm. One part will make this crack. It's like the house is shivering, being like, ugh. And then, it, so I keep feeling like these things that aren't really living have some emotions to them, too. My dad thought that he had an intruder the other day when we had that. It was last week where it was cold, and then Wednesday it went back up above zero and then it cooled off again so once it started to cool off again the house was cracking and making all sorts of racket overnight to the point where it got him out of bed and he'd swept the house to see if he had someone who had broken in because it was cracking so loud yeah, they, like they really, there's different noises that'll happen. And once you hear it, you can't not hear the next one. And sometimes it comes in a pattern. And you're like, something is being, someone is something or someone is moving around this house. And or the house is talking to me. I one rem- of two things. <laughs> I remember when I was about maybe 10, 11 years old, home alone. I guess I'm going to say for the record, I was 12. And uh, was home alone with my brother and we could hear this sort of scratching sound. And it got louder. We went, what is that? And it was the freezer making a noise. And we were convinced there was an animal inside the freezer. How it got in there, we did not rationalize. There was no backstory there. But we were convinced there was something alive in the freezer wanting to get out. So, And you never bothered checking, of course. Oh, yeah, I got a hockey oh. stick. and uh, <laughs> Oh, I was thinking you were just too nervous to look. Well, something's in there, and I ain't going in, oh, no. so yeah, we'll yeah. just let it die. You got a hockey stick. Yeah, yeah, keep your distance and pull the handle open. Of course, it was probably just a bag of peas settling, but it, <laughs> it made an atrocious noise. No question about it. The, the cold and, uh, and, and other objects interacting can uh, cause some uh, really bizarre sounds. So at 6.45, we want to talk about issues that you may have had with starting your car in the cold. I think we've all been there at some point. I remember my uh, my parents had the Pontiac 6000 LE 1988 Olympic edition. And uh, but it was a piece of garbage. And but and but it, the command start. And I don't know if this is something you can do with all command starts, but this one in particular had a switch you could flick where once the car got to a certain temperature it would fire up on its own. So you didn't have to be Doing it, you know, I, I was at the bar, I think it was at Euphoria, and I left the command start on auto. Uh, but the, the, the drawback there is you can then kill your battery from having it starting and stopping, starting and stopping, starting and stopping. Luckily, it didn't. But uh, yeah, we've, all had, we've all got a story, so we're going to talk about that at 6.45. And a reminder, at 7.37, we give out our next qualifying code word for warm-up with on-time furnace. We're giving away a new furnace on February 8th, so we're going to find a new qualifier every day based on this code word, which you will have to text to us, and we will name our first qualifier at 7.15. That is one of my favorite sounds, is the furnace. Like when it kicks in. I know it bugs some people or it keeps them up, but when, when that comes in and it starts humming, I'm like a baby. I'm just like, oh, yeah, there it is. I find it I, soothing as well. Yes, I love it. Yeah, because even last night, although the problem is, uh, at least in an apartment, is when the, the heat is on in an apartment, whether it's baseboard or, in my case, with the furnace, it gets hot real fast in my bedroom. So even last night, when it was minus 28, 29, I, I had my window open a crack so that I could enjoy both. I can enjoy the room not being too hot, but also have that soothing sound of the furnace just kind of lull me to sleep. 
You pay your own high. You pay for your own heat. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> just curious. No. <laughs> I just hope my landlord's not listening right now. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, Manitobans will soon have a better idea where they sit on the priority list for vaccines. Yeah, it's our understanding, Brett, that the vaccination plan for Manitoba is going to be shared tomorrow. And Dr. Dross Reimer, who is, of course, the lead on the vaccine implementation task force, says it will include a schedule of sorts, although I think we can all say it's safe to say that it will likely be subject to a lot of change because we know there are many questions about supply. And then, of course, there were those announced delays on the delivery of the Pfizer vaccine, at least. And of course, we're still learning a lot, Greg, about who might even be qualified for it or who will get it in the end. Yeah, and that includes the, the Pfizer vaccine approved for ages 16 and up, while clinical trials for uh, children between the ages of 12 and 15 are still underway. The Moderna vaccine is available for anyone 18 and over. Experts say children are lower on the priority list given lower transmission rates and less severe outcomes. Dr. Terry Klassen is with the Children's Hospital Research Institute of Manitoba and says more research needs to be done to determine how effective the vaccine is in children. We'd have to have the science and the research done and then someone would have to look at that and evaluate it and Health Canada would have a a key role in, in ensuring that it meets their standard for um, widespread use in children. And then there will be parents who struggle with the idea of being vaccinated while their kids go without. Dr. Karina Top is a pediatric and infectious disease physician with the Canadian Centre for Vaccinology. The parents are much at much greater risk of, of you know, contracting, of getting infected and, and spreading it to their children than the other way around. So, you know, when, when their turn comes up, they should be... Um, they should know that the vaccine is is there will help protect their they'll protect their children by getting themselves vaccinated. So the message there is like as she said, if we all get it as adults, then you're helping to protect a wider swath of the population. But I hadn't thought about that before about lining up for something that I would qualify for my kids would not and again the Pfizer vaccine right now as we know it is only approved for 16 and up Moderna is only available for anyone over 18 and so it's not going to go to our kids as we know it just yet although Dr. Top does think that by the end of the year that will change and we might see kids being part of this vaccination plan Greg but I hadn't thought about this until it was raised uh, through the conversations we're going to have throughout the day about uh, COVID and kids. Got to hit this button. That's interesting because uh, from the get-go, I was sort of of the mind that I would be the first in line if I would be able to be, and I certainly wouldn't take that place from anybody else. But if you're looking for volunteers, I'll take it. But would I put my kids at the front of the line? No, I, I, until there's a little bit more research on what's going on and the, and the potential side effects, etc. Uh, I want more information, not less when it comes to my kids. So um, yeah, just that whole notion that that we have to think about whether or not we'd uh, do it for them or ourselves is one that we'll, we'll sort out today. We do want to sort of put a cap on something we discussed at length yesterday morning on the start. And that's the return to non-essential shopping. Big crowds at the malls over the weekend. Global's Malika Kareem visited Polo Park on Saturday, said it was busy. Social media was abuzz with people pointing to the crowds at the malls, particularly Polo Park, saying it was just too busy. Memes were made about it being a super spreader event. We talked about that meme yesterday that somebody made calling it Brian Pallister's super spreader event. Uh, Funny meme. I I didn't agree with the sentiment of it, but it was still a funny meme. But uh, 
uh, it highlighted that it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario. Like for the last two months, we've been hearing people over and over say, let the stores open. And now that they're open, we're hearing people say, stay home, don't go to the mall. What was the tweet we read yesterday, Greg? You have the brain power of a plankton <laughs> if you went to Polo Park yesterday. Well, and, and that's the thing, Brett, for so many people, and we mentioned this yesterday, but if you weren't tuned in, this is recreation for some people. And in a, in a sort of sense, in terms of going out, retail therapy, etc. Loren, we've all been down that road, I think, once something or twice. Something to do. Something Honestly, to do, right? There's only so many things we can do right now. And so, yeah, I get it. Was it. Did you have to rush to that store to get that pot or pan or, you know, T-shirt that you've been dying to Maybe not. But were you mentally jonesing to get there? Yeah, probably. You're right. And so the pushback from people that... Don't want to do this. Uh, I find, I'm not going to call it amusing, but I find it ironic because, as you mentioned, Brett, we've been trying to get things opened up. And if you don't want to be there and it's uncomfortable for you, simply don't go. And one of the things we did wonder about aloud during our chat yesterday, and we got a couple of text messages about it, had to do with capacity limits. So for a store... It's 25%, and some of you might have seen the lineups uh, at win- for winners and Ikea in particular with gigantic lines. So those facilities are a 250 people maximum. But based on what people were saying yesterday, there were a lot more than 250 people at Polo Park on Saturday. So Global's Will Reimer asked Dr. Brent Rusin about that yesterday. Dr. Rusin, does the 250-person capacity limit apply to places like Polo Park or for outlet malls? malls in general, does the order defer to the 25% capacity limit for each individual store? That's right, yeah. For, so for each um, uh, a unique store, it has a 25% capacity, and if the store is, is very large, where that 25% capacity um, would be um, you know, very high, then that's capped at 250, so it's whatever is lower. Uh, for the malls uh, themselves, the capacity is 25%. So okay. 25% of whatever Polo Park's capacity right. is. Right. And then the stores would have their own 25% and or okay, so that, 250. So hopefully people are a little bit more comfortable with that notion because uh, even one of our listeners said 250 people that in the mall, that's not even going to cover the staff. No. No, that doesn't make sense, right? So the 25% makes more sense. I'm, I'd be curious to know what the capacity actually is at the malls like Polo Park or St. Patel in terms of what the actual limit is and then what 25% is. But I don't know. I, I had this thought over the last few days. Like, you know, if you're uncomfortable with what you're seeing, you don't go in. And where, where's the responsibility? Like the stores have responsibility to make sure they're counting people going in or out. But you can also speak out too if you don't like what you're seeing, right? Saying, I think we need more space in this line or people get back. Like, I mean, we talked about even Brett a couple of times in the grocery stores where we've turned to look at people and just sort of given them the signal, hey, like you're too close to me right now. So I'm curious how much onus you put on the store and how much you put on yourself for making your own personal decision in that moment. Yeah, because physical distancing, that's one of the things that's really started to annoy me in recent weeks. Uh, even just going out for a walk on the sidewalk, people at the beginning of this, it was this very awkward sort of dance that you would do on the sidewalk where someone would come near you. And so you, I would go way right and the other person would go way right. So there'd be this massive gap in between us. And now if I pass two people who are walking side by side, very rarely will they even bother to try to move over. They just kind of hold the line. They figure, well, I'm wearing a mask and we're only going to be exposed to each other for half of a second. But that courtesy 
in large part, seems to be gone. So I sort of understand why people are a little hesitant about what's happening at the mall. They might, even if they stay away because they don't want to be there, I think their, their discomfort is in the fact that, well, if this does lead to more cases and things are going to get shut down again or uh, other things are going to be shut down for longer, I get that sort of fear. But at the same time, as long as you're doing what they tell us to do, just maintain that physical distance and just be careful. I don't see why you can't open the mall and let these stores try to get some business back. And especially now, like retailers just can't catch a break. They finally open, finally open just in time for extreme cold. So people like me who have been waiting to go shopping, say, get home yesterday from work and say, you know what? I'm just putting my pajama pants on and I'm hunkering down (laughs) because I'm not going back out there today. And I'm not going back out there today after I get home from work again. Well, because Brett- it's cold. Because it's cold. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not not about the lineups or anything. I feel bad for some of these retailers now, too, as you said, because for sure, like they've waited forever to open and now you still have to line up outside and you're thinking to yourself, I'm not that desperate for A, B, or C to stand in minus 35, right? Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, no doubt today there are probably going to be some people whose cars simply won't start. Greg, you said that you forgot to plug yours in. Luckily, your vehicle did fire itself up. Yes, yes. I try to, like I say, baby keep my vehicles a, a tiny bit. Uh, I guess if I was really baby the, babying it, uh, I would park it in the garage, right, Loren? Oh, you set yourself up. It's not even fun now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm trying to. I'm trying yeah. to deflate. There's room the in the garage now, too, isn't there? What's the deal? Yeah. yeah you know what? Uh, I've realized that my double car garage doesn't really fit two full size cars. So, um, yeah, I got sold a bill, bit, a bill of goods there, uh, and that's not super uncommon. But yeah, look, um, my mom used to have a Hyundai Pony. Do you remember these machines? The Hyundai Pony, they were the $10,000 brand new car back in about 1987. It had a manual choke on it. And the battery, I think I have larger batteries for the remote control for my television (laughs) than what was inside of this vehicle because it was forever frozen. And we got this inventive thing. uh, Some people know what it is, a, a battery blanket. So in addition to the... The cord for the uh, what, what do you call it for the, the for the oil for the oil pan the block heater, there was a cord for this blanket that wrapped around the battery to keep it warm, and it still was a fifty fifty proposition as to whether or not that vehicle was ever going to start, and it never started at the end of the night. Like if we went out to the bar, Brett, I can tell you at least five times in my lifetime having to get that vehicle boosted. <laughs> In the, in the parking lot at Scandals or similar places. So uh, the Hyundai Pony, may you rest in peace. I never, ever want to see one again. <laughs> okay. Well, what was a better car, the Hyundai Pony or the Ford Pinto? Oh, the Pinto might have been better. <laughs> the, the, the old, obviously, the big problem with the Pinto is the placement of the gas tank. Yes, yeah, so they, they tend to blow up every now and then. Yeah, if they were hit, the, hit if they were hit the wrong way. Yeah. So yeah, I, I wanted to blow up that Hyundai Pony a couple times. All right, so let's go around the horn here. We got Cam Poitras joining us, Jeff Braun, Jeff Fortier, Fortier. Let's start with you. Um, actually, uh, my battery died uh, a couple of months ago. In my uh, the underground parking that I have. So really? What? Yeah. Well, it's just because it was old battery. Okay. I had to go. 
And uh, so, yeah, my dad came and uh, boosted that, and we uh, got a new battery. But I've also, back when I lived at my parents' place, had to park outside on the street, and we'd have to take the instance cord all the way from the house, mm. all the way down to the street. Luckily, we didn't have a sidewalk that the... The power cord went across because uh, I think that's illegal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah you get it. It's against the bylaw, at least. And there was a big kerfuffle in some of those neighborhood kerfuffle. What am I? It's a great word. A thousand. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you weren't allowed to do it. And people were getting mad because they were getting tickets on their windshield and they had nowhere else to, no other way to plug it in. So they were getting creative, like stringing it over a tree and down <laughs> and around and all the rest, Brett. So yeah. And the, the worst is when you forget to unplug your car and mm. you start driving and somebody's flashing their lights at you. And you're driving down the street, and you're like, w- w- what's your problem? <laughs> and it's me with the extension cord, a good 50, 50 foot extension cord behind me. And uh, <laughs> having to get out and do the walk of shame. I used to have a neighbor who would park his truck on nights like last night in his front yard so he could plug it in. Yeah, that you see that a lot where people will make makeshift driveways on their front yard uh, because they can't. Uh, I guess that's probably why they do it. I've never even thought about that. It's probably because they can't plug their car in if they're parked on the street, if they have to drag it across a sidewalk. Jeff Braun, what about you? Uh, for me, every time it gets cold, I think back to January of 1996. That's the, the worst weather-wise month of my life. It was freezing cold. I think we had like a three-week cold snap. I was in college living in Brandon at the time. This buddy of um, me were roommates, and we rented part of an old house that had been split into apartments. Most of the pipes froze, so for three weeks straight, every morning I had to wake up early, walk seven blocks Mm. to my friend's house to have a shower, (laughs) walk back to my house with wet hair after the shower, and uh, wait for another guy to come pick me up and give me a ride to school because my car didn't start for the whole three weeks at all. And it was that that was some, just the most coldest I've ever been in my life for almost a, one, a whole straight month there. So a couple days like this, I don't mind at all. I remember that snap. I was going to the University of Manitoba and I remember standing in a bus shack uh, sort of halfway through that cold snap thinking, is this ever going to end? This is brutal. So yeah, I forgot about that snap. What about you, uh, Cameron Poitras? Uh, you know, lucky I got a new enough vehicle. So I don't really, haven't had to worry about it, uh, it starting. I've, I haven't had any problems, but it, there's always that sort of thing in the back of your head says, is this going to be the time that it's not going to start? And so every so every time you put the keys in and you you rev it up and it it, it only it went off on uh, three little shots it fired up so but you always think and then you just give it a little pat on it like oh, good girl good girl way to go I knew you could do it well and, and that here's the thing like you you mentioned yesterday you park in some mystery location yes. and then you walk fifteen to twenty minutes. So your car is out there exposed right now. I gather probably not plugged in. Uh, no, it's not plugged in. I didn't even think of that because at least back uh, when you were at Polo Park and I had my car there, at least I could point my uh, command start at the window and uh, start it up. Oh, yeah, that's right. You had Halfway that. Halfway through my, my shift, yeah. Okay. Uh, Loren, what about you? Well, Fort J mentioned just that feeling when you drive away with the extension cord still plugged in. And every year, at <clears> least <throat> once a year, I'll text an old friend and roommate of mine, um, and remind her of the time she came home just ticked right off. How dare someone rip out my extension cord and then steal it? I don't know why they would do that. Who's stealing extension cords out there? Blah, blah, blah. And finally, I'm like, I think maybe you just 
drove away with it plugged in? No. <laughs> Someone stole it. There's an electric cord bandit out there. He's just running around stealing <laughs> extension cords and uh, all these. And it took her several days later. She finally comes home and she's like, it really looks ripped. I was like, yeah, like ripped like you drove away. Okay. You drove away and you're too ashamed to admit it. And so finally she came around. But you see that there's all those, there's that story where people come in and they cannot figure out where it happened. And now I want to know where all those cords are. With where the did socks. they end up? Yeah, with the socks, socks and pens. Right? And those pens, yeah. Well, you know, there's there's a lot of money in the underground uh, extension cord market. Extension cord. She was convinced there's just some guy going around stealing Facebook, extension cords. Facebook marketplace is full of people selling extension cords. Text us your stories of your car not starting, 204-780-6868. It's not often we we find a reason to pull out this clip. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things ever. <laughs> Professional bowling legend Pete Weber. Strike to claim it. A strike to claim it. And he got it! Quack. He later said he meant to say something else, like "Who do you think you are? I'm the, I'm the." I think he meant to say "I'm the man," but he just said "I am." But that is one of the all-time greatest clips in all of sports, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and if you heard a duck quacking, that was there on purpose. That was there to cover uh, an obscenity, as opposed to uh, something a little more harsh. We're, we're, we aren't exactly sure what Pete Weber was up to, but that was a good explanation, Brett. Thank you, uh, because I was looking at Kingpin and other famous bowling movies for a quote he said nope nope i've got the audio <laughs> this is the one and boy were you right it's an amazing quote an amazing clip as we head into the last week of january and the first week of some reopening for some businesses loren there are some businesses who cannot deliver their service at the curbside via a delivery service or in a reduced capacity scenario one of those businesses are bowling alleys yeah, they just have no option right now. And our next guest owns Coronation Bowling Center on Tache. And we want to say good morning to Jim Llewellyn. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. So there's bowling alleys, there's movie theaters, there's different recreational spaces, all of them who can't open right now. And so it's easy for many people to say, oh, you have to pivot or find other ways to make income. But for some, that's just not possible. And so if you would, take us back to when you were last open and maybe just tell our listeners what are some of the challenges been for you and your staff over the past few months? Well, the challenges have just been the total time we've been closed. Like we closed in March for uh, 80 days and then we reopened during the summer. And then um, November 2nd, uh, we had to close again because it was the uh, two week circuit breaker. And now it's been well, almost three months again. So, we, uh, like you said, we don't have a curbside pickup option. So, there's nothing. And, uh, you know, they probably couldn't pick a worse time for bowling alleys being closed during spring break and Christmas. And so it's, uh, it's devastating for the entertainment, for sure. Now, in true community fashion, you've found a way to have people experience bowling during these pandemic times. So what are you up to? Yeah, well, we have a pretty active uh, lake area here in Isle Lakes. And uh, we were walking around the path one day and I said, oh, it'd be a great spot just to put in some ice bowling. So I cleared off the spot and grabbed some pins that were doing nothing at the bowling alley and 
set up a um, community bowling lane, we'll call it, uh, on the uh, on the ice and uh, with real bowling pins, and we use uh, milk jugs to uh, slide it down the ice and knock over some strikes. And the community has really picked it up this week. I want to put it out there, I guess, Saturday, and uh, it's been quite busy. So at least they get a. A curbside bowling option, I guess we'll call it. <laughs> well, it's very creative, and we've seen uh, some folks building even uh, sheets of, of, of curling ice so that curlers can keep their form in this pandemic and, of course, all sorts of places to skate. Now, just want to ask you, Jim, uh, you mentioned the, the lake and island lakes. Have you had any pushback from the city at all? Like, is that a lake? Is it a retention pond? Have you had to deal with it, any of that uh, question at all? No, I haven't had to deal with that at all. It's uh, you know, it's a, it's right beside the walking path that someone clears off the whole lake. Uh, I, I don't know if it's a retention pond or a lake. I don't know. It's uh, I don't. Know. We did some auger testing. Uh, one of the neighbors did some, and it was over two feet deep, so it was thick. So, so when you when it comes has, to game, he hasn't talked to me about it yet. <laughs> well, hopefully it, it can continue if it's working and it's safe. And, of course, it's about providing a bit of a re- release, I think, for people, uh, Jim, in terms of doing something different and just getting out there. And you must miss the sounds of the bowling alley, you know, like just I'm hearing the pins and that all the different music and, and things that would get played in an alley, and now you're doing it on ice. Uh, did it put a smile on your face, at least, given all the hardships you've had to endure over the past 10 months or so? It did. I'll tell you a story. As soon as I set it up that Saturday morning, about two minutes later, somebody and their family was out there trying it out. And I thought, oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. And is is there a lineup? Like, are people lined up to try this out? No, they're not lined up, no. But it's uh, by the toboggan hill. So, if you're, you know, if you're um, tired of tobogganing, people will walk over and throw a few frames. And, um, you know, not everybody can skate and play hockey. So, this is just an option for the little guys to do it or parents however good for you jim this i'm is... just curious if sorry to interrupt i'm just wondering is it the same technique if i'm throwing a jug like i'm not a great bowler but i'm thinking maybe i could be good at this so i'm trying to figure <laughs> it, <is>. it out <laughs> it pretty much is because you're uh, you're throwing on an approach area which is the snow and you uh, release it like you would a ball we try not to loft the ball like throw it out too far because the milk jug might blow up but uh, <laughs> not. we've had to replace a couple we've uh, we've pivoted on the ball a little bit and not filling it up so much and <laughs> they seem to be working out a little better. Hey, Jim, if they can have professional cornhole, there's an opportunity here maybe long-term for you to, to introduce this sport. And I understand you've uh, had some school groups even reach out about the possibility of using your contraption, your facility there. Yeah, well, actually, it, it, uh, we brought the bowling uh, lane to the school so they can do it safely on their uh, school grounds because all their, all their gyms mostly are outside now, right, because of the lack of space. So we brought in some pins and some real balls for them to uh, do some snowballing on their um, on their school ground. Uh, they're going to try it. So we're going to try it this week, but it's so cool. I think they're having a gym actually inside this week. So uh, if it works out, we're going to reach out to a few more schools and see if they want to use that for their gym classes. Jim Llewellyn, just very quickly, where do we find this? Uh, Island Lakes, uh, right behind the Island Lakes School, Lindsay Park, right on the pathway. Jim Llewellyn, Coronation Bowling Centre on Tashé, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Jim, thanks for telling us about this. This is great. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for calling. It means it's time for Breakfast with the Bombers, brought to you by the Cooperators. Find an advisor at cooperators.ca, a better place for you. Now, you may 
or may not have seen the video posted to our next guest's Twitter account, at Showtime Sheed, late last week. Greg retweeted it this morning at GMACWPG for your viewing delight. Before we play with you some of the audio from the video that was shared at uh, Showtime Sheed's account last week, here's what the caption was from Rashid Bailey. Words can't explain. We never really had much growing up in the projects, but Grandma, you gave us away. I remember like it was yesterday, they had them tubes all around you, in that hospital for weeks, seeing you smile like this, priceless. We got our last name on something, Nana, and that something with the Bailey name on it is a Winnipeg Blue Bomber jersey. You ready? You know, you know, we've been waiting for this. Take it out, take it out. Yes, 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 yes. It's yours. Oh my God, my baby. Oh, I got to throw it on. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Gotta put it on. Yes, ma'am. Get the pajamas. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> it is great. With great pleasure, we welcome back to the start Rashid Bailey. Good morning, Rashid. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's impossible not to have a great big giant smile on our faces after hearing that audio. The video is even better. And uh, your Nana, oh my gosh, her spirit is infectious. Tell us a little bit about her and uh, maybe uh, help us understand the the reference that you make to her hospital stay. So, uh, man, my grandma, she was, she, she, she worked her whole life. It's crazy, you know, she had my mom back when she, you know, when she was 14 years old, you know, she was young, 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 young. She was a young mom and, you know, raising my mom, you know, in the neighborhood that we grew up in, the projects in Philly. Just, you know, everything about the whole situation is just like, it just was, that moment was for, for all of us, you know, like, you know, like I always tell my little sister, no matter what you do in life, no matter, no matter how you do it, you always represent your last name, no matter what. And uh, for me to be in my position where I, you know, to be a professional athlete, to be leading the way like this, it's, it's the most beautiful thing in the world just to see people smile like that, you know. And with my grandma, maybe like, I think it was back in 2019, you know, we almost lost her, you know, like, and just seeing her, you know, in that situation, you know, practically looking like she was about to, about to die. And, you know, it's just, when I came around, it's just like she was all, she was smiling. I could just feel her spirit coming back to us. And just to see where she was at that point and to see where she's at now, you know, when I talked football and when I brought her, when I brought her a T-shirt, she was, like, extremely happy. She wore it all the time. But bringing her that jersey and her to see our last name on it, I mean, we're living for a purpose, and we're doing this not just, you know, for us. It's, it was, it's for all of us. So that's what that jersey meant to me, and I know, what, I know what it meant to her. So I'm just so happy that we was able to, you know, finally get it done and get her one. Well, as 
Greg said, her spirit is infectious and that smile on her face, it's worth watching for any of us who don't know her because it puts a smile on my face just seeing it. And so I'm curious, you know, you talk about the lessons you learned growing up and, and how you grew up and with your grandmother, it, it's, is, is it living by example? Is it how she lived, has lived her life that's helped you along the way, Rashid? Well, you know, throughout my, you know, when I was younger and stuff like that, like, you know, I come from a working family, you know, like all she did was work. You know, so like, you know, I, I, I saw her, I saw her sometimes, but like she was a worker, like the same thing with my mom, you know, the sacrifices that we had to make just to put food on the table. Like, you know, my grandma, she, you know, she cleaned up in a, in a, in a big building downtown in Philly. And, you know, she always, that was her first experience, like, you know, being downtown, being in the city and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I recently had, I have more conversations with my grandma now than I ever have. But the one lesson she's always told me was, you know, work hard, work hard, and we're going to get something. And, you know, that's what I live by, and that's how I carry myself, you know, like, you know, especially when it comes to playing ball and when it comes to inspiring people. You know, I'll never stop, and that's why that, that's what that video is. That video is not just for myself. It's not just for my grandma. It's to show people that, you know, no matter what you do, just continue to keep going, and inspiring people is, 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 the, is the best thing to do to, to, to keep our spirits growing, especially in, in times that we're in right now. How do you balance the intensity Rashid required to be a pro athlete when you're on the field for games or for practice with being, shall we say, less intense off the field. What's the question again? Well, how do you balance? You know, being you got to so you got to be intense, super intense as a pro athlete, and then when you're off the field, how do you sort of turn that off and and go into this different mode, this mode to inspire and be gentle. It's a tough job. It's a tough job, but when you, when you, when it's just who you are, and you just can't help it, it's it's, it's you know I I really believe in being yourself. I am I, I practice on being myself at all times, no matter if I'm on the football field, no matter if I'm off the field. This person that I am, this this passionate this person who loves and this person who has, you know, energy, like that's who I'm going to be all the time. And, you know, I try to balance it out. And, you know, sometimes, I, you know, I lose control of my emotions a little bit sometimes, but that's a part of being a human. But I really practice, you know, self-control, keeping my emotions intact and knowing when to be uh, emotional, knowing when to be, uh, you know, aggressive and stuff like that. So it's, it's a hard job. But it comes with being a professional. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it makes it easy when you understand who you are. The account on Twitter is at Showtime Sheed, S H E E D, Rashid Bailey, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, wide receiver number 88. We look forward to having you back in the city. Great to have you back in the fold, Rashid. And uh, thanks for your inspiration. We always appreciate getting some of your time. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Go Bombers. Go Bombers indeed. Rashid Bailey joining us live for Breakfast with the Bombers. And again, if you want to see that video, you can also find it on Greg's Twitter at GMACWPG or on our Twitter at 680CJOB.
tackling McGarry and McNabb. We heard it in Jeff Braun's newscast. Abigail Turner, Global News. Pivot. How many times have you heard a small business owner use that word over the past 10 months? More than uh, Ross on Friends when they're him and Chandler <laughs> are carrying that sofa upstairs, right? It's been used over and over again. And as business owners and staff fight to stay afloat in this pandemic, while we're seeing a slight easing of restrictions, we know there are likely many businesses who will have to pivot again in the months ahead. Yeah, and for some, that might require them to take a hard look, perhaps, at their online presence or maybe find ways to better support staff who might be working from home. And right now, we want to introduce you to a local business that's hoping it can help with the many questions that might be asked uh, as we go forward. It's called Vexit, and we first introduced our listeners to this company. I think it was in late November. It actually launched just a few months before the pandemic hit, and its goal is really to match businesses and professionals with maybe an accountant and a lawyer or a financial consultant who might best address their needs. And so to tell us a bit more about not only what they're doing, but what's even changed in terms of the questions and concerns over the past few months, we're joined by Julie Rampel, who is the VP Marketing and Partnerships for Vexit. Good morning, Julie. Good morning. How are you? We're good. And, you know, we, we uh, use the word pivot ourselves and we hear it a lot from small yeah. business owners. But I'm curious, I just mentioned that we had you on, I think, at late November. And that was sort of as we were getting into Level Red, really getting into it. And I'm wondering if even if you guys have had to pivot along the way to address the growing needs of businesses out there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that is the name of the game right now and and it's the nature of of every business and it's constantly evolving of how we can better address and fill the gaps that we're seeing um occur and that's what you know ultimately vexit and vexit business um was created and why it was created was to fill that gap and be of service to other businesses who are facing tremendous challenges but in at the same token a lot of opportunity heading into 2021. So what are you hearing then from the people that, who are using your service? What are they asking for, Julie? Well, it's interesting because, you know, there's, there's certainly, when I speak about a gap, I think that, you know, we've been a little bit surprised by the understanding of how I think ultimately it takes a village at this point to grow a business. And we have to look at what that village means. It's more than just meeting the demands of the consumer market. It's also looking at how, um, what kind of support we need to grow our business or perhaps change. So, you know, let's take an example of a retailer and, you know, potentially they had to walk down the line of e-commerce and perhaps never even thought that they would be, you know, their brick and mortar business would be in a situation where they would have to delve into the world of e-commerce, but they did. Um, but that's not going away. And we have to look at it as a, as a whole, but perhaps there's help, you know, there's resources out there that certainly you can tap into in order to do some research, understand what it takes to make those changes and be sustainable with them. But I think what's interesting to me is that there's a lot of fear that they don't want to add extra costs. So they're refraining from potentially working with an accountant or working with a consultant. And yet at the same time, um, you know, those are individuals and people that could probably end up saving you a lot of money and, and time and effort and their know-how and expertise will really help grow that business and, and you know, ultimately 
um, have significant uh, change for the better. Julie, I had an interaction with one business owner just a few weeks ago who was horrified of the notion of even applying for any of these grants because she was under the impression that the government would end up owning part of her business at the end of this Mm -hmm. as part of the deal. And then just yesterday, uh, I went to get my hair cut for the first time, I think, uh, in over a year, I think. And uh, I was speaking to uh, the woman that owns that business, and she says that the federal programs and, and even the provincial programs there have really allowed her to tread water so that when she's back open full time, she'll be able to hit the ground running. So can you maybe dispel some of the myths about some of those programs and encourage people that maybe are sitting on the sidelines to, to investigate more and who they should talk to, to to learn more about these programs? Absolutely. Like, and I think that was the crux of, um, of the webinar and stuff that we put on with the Manitoba Chambers uh, last week, I believe it was, was to dispel some of those myths surrounding the opportunity for funding. And particularly of concern to the Chambers was that when they did their survey, only 40% of businesses had tapped in to the funding that was available. And on any given day, um, you know, if you get adoption of 40%, you're going, wow, that was a great that was a great conversion, but actually in this case, it's not because there's 60% of businesses that, and we saw, you know, I think it was just yesterday from the Canadian Federation of Independent Business who released their study of like all these small, medium-sized businesses who are on the verge and the brink. So I think understanding that the government um, in this particular case, they're not, they're not out to get you. They're here to help you. They're here to support you. They're not going to um, own a piece of your business. Do you need to be cautious and careful with the type and and which program you tap into? Absolutely. But that's, again, where, I mean, I'm amazed that someone would actually attempt to uh, tread this alone when there are accountants, there are professionals out there that that, um, have invested their time, their energy in understanding what these programs mean and the effect that they're going to have on your taxes um, moving forward. And that's from the personal side as well as the the um, business side too. So Vexit works kind of like a matchmaking service. If I'm a business and you mentioned that they aren't going to the accountant but maybe could to maybe save them some money, you'll help connect them with that type of professional through your online services. I'm curious how many individuals you're hearing one. We talked a lot about small business this morning, but are there, there are those out there, Manitobans, who have perhaps lost jobs along the way, Julie, who are also turning to Vexit to say, like, well, help me down this road because now I don't know where to turn to next. What support might be there for that type of person? 100%. I mean, on we have Vexit Life as well. So just similarly as we did with Vexit Business and creating that online portal of resources, we've done with Vexit Life. So that's for the individual that's facing um, and going through many of different life's challenges and as well as opportunities. And that can range from, you know, relationship issues that might require the use of, of, of professional services. And obviously, as they head into dealing with and understanding what their personal income tax looks like this year, um, we've, we see and we're partnered with um, many substantial businesses across the province and throughout Western Canada that we've been working with delivering content to that gives a greater understanding of what that new line is. Like they've been working from home and now they have that $400. I don't, I don't even know. I haven't spent an overabundance amount of time in it yet. Um, 
and understanding what that means to their bottom line this year. So working with, again, working with accountants, if you never have before, this might be the year to, to do it, um, to really gain and, and plan for what's ahead. Um, ultimately, you will get probably a return. And so what that looks like and making sure that you can get the most out of that return, I would highly recommend um, working with a pro in this because it just will, I think, give you a better you know, return on investment. And I imagine, too, with the, your service, as Loren pointed out, the matchmaking service, that, that's probably made it so invaluable for the, the professionals, you know, the accountants and the financial advisors, uh, because if they're looking for clients, it's probably a lot harder for them to go out. It's not like they can walk into a storefront uh, in many cases or to, to perhaps advertise or look for business. Now they can just seek out your help and uh, you connect the dots. Well, we like to think so. And I mean, technology has become important to every single business, whether you're delivering a product or a service line. We've had to tap into the offerings of technology, push the limits of it. You know, we saw with even with Zoom, um, you know, we actually switched over. We were using Zoom and we switched over to Teams just because we felt like it's getting crowded here and we were not getting the best reception. So I think, you know, we've all pushed and extended our, our limits and our comfort zone. And um, obviously, we believe that Bexit um, provides a solution to creating a networking environment. But also at the end of the day, um, you know, there's three of you um, and on this call, but each of you have different needs. And so you may not want to share the same accountant or you may not want to share the same lawyer because you have different styles, you have different ways of communicating and you're, you have different needs. Your family situations are different. And that's the beauty of working with Bexit through that matching technology, because ultimately we're gaining um, the right information, taking it from you and matching you with the right professional that is going to suit your needs. Julie, just before we let you go here, as someone who ran a business uh, and it was the accounting that always got me and I got behind on certain things and then I got to the, and then I got to the point like, Oh my God, how am I ever going to get out of this? So I know I'm not alone in that. I know there are people that get overwhelmed with the thing that they're not, that's not why they got into business to, to count the dollars and cents. They, they love to bake or they're, they're a great chef or they're they're really Mm -hmm. good at something and the accounting bogs them down. Maybe just give some of those people a ray of hope that it's sort of never too late to, to get on top of that. Well, I'll tell you what, I also ran a business for a while and and I'm definitely on the creative side. And I'll tell you that I was, um, you know, I fired myself from doing the books because it just wasn't my specialty. And when ultimately I did uh, realize, you know, I don't have to do it all. There are people that are smarter and gifted in the areas of, of accounting in my particular case. And, you know, ultimately they're, they're here to help and they want to work with you have upfront conversations. If you're worried about how much this is going to cost you from working with a consultant or working with an accountant or lawyer, they're human. Just ask, like they want to answer the question because ultimately they want to get paid too for their services. So have those upfront conversations, be human in your interactions with them, because ultimately then you both will win. And where do we find your websites? 
You can find us at Bexit.com, or if you are a business and want to tap into the resources, it's BexitBusiness.com, or if you are an individual, feel free to head over to BexitLife.com, and all of them, if you want to work with a pro, just click on that Find a Pro. And that's spelled V-E-X-X-I-T. Thank you so much, Julie. It was, it's good to have you back. I know the last time we spoke, we uh, kind of shortchanged you. We, we sort of ran long in our previous segment, and we only had a couple of minutes with you, so it's nice to have more time with you today. Awesome. Thanks for having me back. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on CJOB. Talk soon.